Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. Uh, my name is Freddie Maggard. I'm joined by Nick Roush. Uh, Nick, happy birthday. Oh, thanks, Freddie. It was a, it was a nice day. Nice, a nice old day. Yeah, well, well, good. It was your first birthday with your son. Yeah, yeah. And really, the most fun I had was hanging out with him. We went on a real long walk through the park. And then uh, I dressed him up like a basketball and dunked him. So that was awesome. <laughs> like, I, I still good. i still remember freddie we were going through like when people gave us all the baby clothes and i saw one where it, it makes the baby look like a little football and one that makes him look like a basketball and i was like if you don't think i'm going to take pictures of holding him like a football and a basketball then you're out of your mind <laughs> babies are cool all for right me. well <laughs> they are we got a new segment on the Depth Chart Podcast. Uh, we asked for questions, and we got some. And uh, this way, we'll we'll answer your questions, and it'll be this will serve as a review of the Auburn game. I know it's been talked about, written about uh, at length by several on KSR. So, uh, you want to get to the questions, Nick? Yeah, we'll get to the questions. It's a good way to do it because you know, folks, uh, the fans have a much wider scope. Uh, so there, there's some things that I think can provide some unique insight. And uh, our friend Luker, who used to ask questions all the time on the KSR football podcast, asked, as a quarterback, could you explain your thoughts on Terry's interceptions and Soup's comments on the blown route by the wide receiver? Well, a lot of times in those situations and plays like that, you, uh, the quarterback is throwing to an area. And when you have a defender that's – there that's not supposed to be there uh, because the receiver is supposed to pull him out of that window, then that could explain what, what was going on with Terry's thinking process in that play as he was throwing to an area. And unfortunately, an Auburn defender was there. And uh, the, the other question Luker asked that I like um, was that a bonus, how would you, how fun would it be to throw it, the football to someone like Seth Williams? Uh, very fun because you just throw it up and let him go get it. I mean, he's the special football player. Uh, you know, he's got the size, the, the 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 catch radius. He's got everything that the NFL is looking for, and I look forward to watching him play on Sundays. Yeah, he, he's definitely going to be playing on Sundays. And uh, there's a guy we see this week, he'll probably play on Sundays. And how about that Kyle Pitts tight end from Florida? That dude, he's a – yeah. Yeah, he's, he's really, really good. Uh, uh, RF Wells asks, how much of UK's offensive success is dependent on staying on schedule? You know, second and six versus second and ten or third and three versus third and six. Having, you know, limiting your drops, penalties, tackles for loss, or, or is that just the way Grant is calling the plays? I'm obviously not a football scholar, but I enjoy the football podcast. Oh, well, thanks, RF Wells. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Kentucky's offense is predicated on staying on schedule. Uh, that's how it's built. It's built behind that offensive line and three running backs that are over 200 pounds. Uh, so, yes, Kentucky uh, has to stay on schedule. Once it gets off schedule, then, you know, you're looking at any kind of pre-snap penalties or penalties uh, or, or 
uh, any kind of havoc played by the defense, a tackle for loss, a sack, any of that puts Kentucky off schedule and it makes it much harder because the makeup, the, the construction of this team is to be one of those offenses that stays on schedule, positive first down yardage, gets in third and two, third and one situations where it can use those big running backs and, and, and move the chain. So, yes, absolutely it's predicated on staying on schedule. Yeah, and um, I, I'm, I, I'm having trouble loading that specific question. Um, but that was uh, there, there was a good point that somebody asked where it says, was the conservative passing game, this is from Trey, a result of play calling or Terry checking down? Can our receivers not get open? And I w- thought that Eddie Graham really started the game by saying, you know what, we're going to get Terry comfortable. We're going to throw some screens. We're going to throw some routes underneath. Not only to let Terry get comfortable, but I also thought it set up some shots because Auburn started creeping up, and it really let him have a few opportunities downfield later on in the game. Yeah, I mean, that was the game plan, was to get the football out of Terry's hands quickly uh, and get him comfortable, and, and that's how you do it. You throw those little passes and you know, uh, in the flat, do some – you know, what, what I can count, remember the top of my head, four slant passes that Kentucky threw. Uh, that Terry threw, but yeah, it was it was the game plan was to get the football out of his hands and and put him in the play, put the football in the playmakers. Uh. Man, and Freddie, I, I feel like the more I watch SEC football, the more that like coaches are really just trying to get their quarter. The, the defensive line play and the edge rushers are so good now that coaches are just like, you know what, we just we just want them to throw it as quick as possible so we don't have to worry about a pass rush. Yeah, absolutely, and, and, and you know, that, that's what Kentucky did was to get the football out. And, uh, you you know, obviously you want to see a few more shots because, like you said, uh, Auburn started creeping up. And you have to give credit where credit is due. The Auburn secondary tackled really, really well on Saturday. Uh, for an untested uh, position group, you know, four out of five new starters, uh, they were athletic and, and they tackled extremely well in space. And, you know, so that football happens. And that, that's, uh, you know, you, you have a team that tackles that well, you're not going to gain a lot of yards. Mm-hmm. Ooh, here's a question about wide receivers. Akeem Hayes was a pleasant surprise. Will we see more of him, or will Bryce Oliver returning take away some of that opportunity? Uh, and as an, an aside, will the freshman wide receivers be getting more chances early? Well, I see Bryce Oliver more as an X or an outside receiver. Uh, Akeem Hayes, yeah, he had a touchdown, had another catch. Uh, you know, that, that was a surprise, and that was a good surprise. I'm, I'm happy for Akeem to, to, to be able to be put in that position to make plays. Um, Isaiah Cummins is listed on, on the two deep as an oar, mm-hmm. uh, I think behind Josh Ali, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, yeah, we could see Isaiah Cummins. We could see Michael Drennan. Uh, you know, we, there, there's some freshmen that, that – uh, you know, could could earn a spot. I mean, if any spot's open right now for uh, for the taking as far as playing time, it's the wide receiver position because Mark Stoops admitted that he was not overly thrilled with that group at the Auburn game. No, no, he, he was not. And typically you don't see him, you know, show that frustration that early on. But uh, right. th- there's, no, there's no time to – lick your wounds, it's time to get better or, or get out the way because um, yeah. there's somebody else there. Um, but I, I think Hayes' speed was welcome, though. They, they really yeah. needed that inside. 
Yeah, absolutely. You need you need to you need speed from the slot receivers mm-hmm. uh, for many reasons. But yeah, it was it was a it was a welcome surprise to see him play well, and I'm I'm happy for him. Uh, Jeremy asks: Is the use of two tight ends because they're good, or is it an indictment on our receiver unit? Well, the tight ends are very good blockers, uh, inline blockers, both uh, Rig and uh, Upshaw, and then throw in Brandon Bates. He's, he's an excellent blocker, so. Uh, a lot of times you'll see two tights, uh, especially on first down or short down situations. So I don't think it was an indictment because we saw a lot of open, uh, you know, uh, empty backfield alignments, stack uh, alignments, you know, trips. So I think it was more just a situational issue than an indictment on the receivers. Well, and I, and I think uh, well, I, I, I would be – when I first saw it, I was like, well, man, that shows you what the receivers say. But really, it just gives you a lot more opportunities for mismatches and the kind of stuff in spacing. Because, like, if, if you think the other team's got two tight ends out there, well, you you might be in your base thinking, like, all right, we got to really prepare to stop the run. But then they motion out and they're split out and you're going, like, four and five wide now. Like, that, that can that can put the defense on their heels. And, and like any advantage you, you want to try to get, you're going to try to take advantage of it. Well, if you just look at the, the Sunday game, the pro game, uh, tight ends or multiple tight ends are, is the is the wave right now. And yeah. you see that every Sunday. So, uh, you know, what, what the NFL does, colleges tend to mimic. And uh, Kentucky's built like an NFL team, if, if you if, uh, you know, because of that offensive line, you run a game and, and, and multiple tight ends. So, yeah, you're going to see more of that. All right, let's get this one from Will, which I think has been talked about a lot. Uh, can our defensive front, front put pressure on the quarterback? Are we going to have to blitz? If we do well, blitz, saw, can we still maintain coverage? I saw somewhere where 30, uh, 30 chances Kentucky got very few pressures and, and didn't register a sack. I, I, maybe, I think, uh, uh, Jamin Davis' tackle uh, of Bo Nix behind the line of scrimmage counted as a sack. But mm-hmm. – uh, I think Josh Pres- uh, Pascal can get pressure, and I think, uh, uh, you know, the, he, he is our designated pass rusher. Phil Hoskins is twitchy. Uh, he's got some pass rush in him, so we'll see. Uh, but, you know, what Auburn did was somewhat what Kentucky did. Bo Nix got the ball out of his hand pretty quick, and, and he effectively uh, moved around in the pocket, stepped up in the pocket. And, you know, football happens, and, and Bo Nix is an excellent quarterback. So uh, you need pressure from those uh, from the organic three. But a lot of times they're occupying blockers, so you can sneak a Boogie Watson in or, or Jordan Wright or J.J. Weaver uh, from the edge on, on some blitzes or Jamin Davis, or, you know, or a corner blitz. So, you know, I think, uh, yeah, the organic three can put pressure on it, but – this seems like a year Kentucky's going to have to blitz to get home to the quarterback. Yeah, I um, th- that was the part that was, it was more frustrating that like, I mean, they of the thirty pass attempts the Knicks had, and we'll we'll sprinkle in five more because of his scrambles that were ended up being runs. But of those thirty-five times, I mean, maybe ten of them were actually able to have the time to get a rush. Um, right because it was just it was all quick stuff and like yeah I mean you need to be able to get at least I mean Josh Allen could get back there in like two and a half seconds but like he's a freak 
they need a little bit more time. And man, they were really not letting that pass rush get going. But no. I think some of it too, Freddie, is just like week one rust where like Pascal hit Nick's right in the hip and just slid off. And like that's a play that he's gonna make, you yeah. know, eight, nine times out of ten. It's just it's week one. It's the first time he's hit a quarterback in God knows how long. So like I think I think some of that will get better in time. Uh, but I, Ole Miss, you know, the Lane Kiffin's not going to want Matt Corral to hold on the ball too terribly long either. Uh, no, they no. like doing that tempo stuff as well. Yeah, and we'll get into the Ole Miss stuff in a little bit. But yeah, uh, Florida sacked uh, sacked him four times on Saturday. So yeah, we'll we'll get into Ole Miss in a little bit. But yeah, I mean, with uh, one of the uh, uh, touchdowns by Seth Williams, Bo Nix caught the snap and threw the ball immediately. I mean, <laughs> there, there's not a lot of pass rush can get home like that. Right, right, exactly. And how about we, we end with uh, this one from Jeff, who I think it's a pretty topical question. Uh, how much will Gatewood play going forward? Good question. Uh, good question. You know, the thing about it is, is Terry's not played – well, he's played one game in a year and a half – so you want him getting the majority of the snaps with the ones mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, he's still building familiarity and he's still building his confidence and, 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 and getting back in the flow of the game. So I don't know how many uh, snaps were the ones that, that Troy Gatewood again. I'm sure that there'll be a package for him in a red zone or short down situations. And I think we may mm-hmm. see him on Saturday. Yeah. And Freddie, I mean, that's, that's been kind of Kentucky's weak spot is red zone and short yardage. And yeah, it is. I know you probably don't want to take the ball out of Terry's hands in those situations, but he, Gatewood maybe could be the guy that is the the secret sauce to unlock the, well, the solve that problem. Um, but I, I think, like you said, all indications from Eddie Grant and the offense throughout preseason was that they th- they really opened up the playbook. And Gatewood and Bo Allen were both struggling because it was the entire playbook. They were letting Terry have it all. So, uh, I, yeah, I, th- I think to expect a ton is asking too much, but the, a, a little wildcat package could go a long way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Kentucky was three out of four in the red zone against Auburn. And, and you know, that, that's, that's not, that's not uh, what you're looking for down there. And uh, something Kentucky's going to have to get better at. And maybe a package for Joey Gatewood is, is exactly what Kentucky needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, it is just good to have more depth at quarterback. I mean, for yeah, absolutely. C- compared to last year, you know, it's kind of like you can't, you can't have too many quarterbacks. No, I think last year taught us that when, you know, one, two, and three went down and, and you know, Lynn Bowden had to come on and work his magic, which it, it seems more magical by by the minute. And and that's you know Kentucky's dealt with that situation. You can never have enough quarterbacks. Nope, you're exactly right. And I guess I guess we'll get a question from Colin that can help change this. He'll segue us into Ole Miss. How about that, Freddie? Does that sound good? Sounds good. Thoughts on Kentucky's secondary's ability to slow down Ole Miss and Elijah Moore in the passing game. And Freddie, Elijah Moore had 227 receiving yards and 10 catches. Really yeah. impacted the game. But he's, he's different than Seth Williams, much different. He's much different. He's 5'9", 195 pounds. Uh, he's a prototypical, prototypical slot receiver. 
uh, you know, Matt Corral completed or, or completed 22 passes. Ten of them were to Elijah Moore. So I don't know the math, what, 70% or so of his completions went to Elijah Moore. Uh, yeah, Kentucky's going to have to have an answer for that. And, and you know, he, 103 of his 227 yards came after the catch. So tackling is going to have to be better in the Kentucky secondary to answer uh, for Elijah Moore and the, and the danger that he presents that defense. Now, uh, Brad White, he compared him to Tutu Atwell. Kentucky did pretty good uh, containing Tutu uh, a year ago. Uh, so I, I, Kentucky's defense really is predicated on limiting the big play. They got to keep him in front. Got to, got to, like you said, be sound tackling. Absolutely. Then you look at Ole Miss. Dontario Drummond averaged 30 yards of reception against Florida. And uh, that, that's, that's pretty good. That, that's a chunk play every time he touches the football. So uh, it's not only Elijah Moore. And you have Jonathan Mingo, a big receiver at 6'2", 215 pounds. Dontario Drummond, 6'2", 215 pounds. Or tight ends then, good, too. Man. Then, you, yeah, Kenny uh, Yeboah, 6'4", 240, had five catches for 95 yard, 91 yards and a touchdown. So Pretty good. Uh, there's a lot of weapons, yeah. Yeah, with a, with a, with a, with a quarterback that can – with tremendous arm talent. So, yeah. Well, and then in addition to all those weapons – uh, Lane Kiffin did the fun thing where he put two quarterbacks on the field at once and, and yeah. John Rice Plumley out there. Yeah, that, that presents a whole new uh, ball game for Kentucky's defense because you have two quarterbacks. Uh, Plumley rushed for 1,200 yards as a true freshman uh, last year, so he can run the football. Then you have Matt Corral out there who also can run the football and then throw it. So, yeah, that, that presents a new look. And then Ole Miss, you know, we'll get into it. Uh, you know, you, you got to expect everything from formations, personnel groups, to motions, uh, to trick plays. Had a double pass for uh, 40 yards or so against Florida. So, I mean, you got to expect everything against the Lane Kiffin offense. But some of the keys or recipe for success, I guess, Nick. <laughs> there Kentucky, we go. Kentucky, Kentucky's got to force a turnover to, or more. Uh, you didn't have any against Auburn. And what that does, it steals a possession away from Ole Miss and you want to keep Matt Corral on the sideline hopefully it's a little cool on Saturday at four o'clock but you got to keep that offense on on the sideline because it's going it's going to get yards it's going to get points so how do you do that you steal a possession or two off of turnovers uh, I think Kentucky's going to have to have three quarterback sacks Ole Miss I mean they're they're their MO is they're going to throw the football and they're going to throw it extremely well. Uh, Corral, 22 out of 31, so 395 yards, a touchdown, and one pick against Florida. Uh, but what Corral does so well is he avoids the rush. Uh, he reminds me uh, of, the, of, of, you know, going back to the NFL. What's the Browns quarterback? I just Baker forgot his Mayfield. name. He reminds me of Baker Mayfield, uh, the way he can avoid the rush and get out and run. If need be, he ran, he ran for 81 yards against Florida. You take away the sacks, the four sacks, and he had a net uh, total of 50 yards, but he ran for 81 yards against Florida. So that, that is a significant number for a quarterback that also threw for 395 yards 
So Kentucky's going to have to hit him and get him on the ground. Uh, that, 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 and put them behind schedule. Well, you know, that, that's something Kentucky's got to do. And even if you can't do that, Freddie, you need to have a couple Calvin Taylor pass breakups at the line of scrimmage. Just, yeah, they're, they're going to run those shallow crosses with more. And those little things can just get in a quarterback's head. You know, yeah. like Quentin yeah. Bohanna is a big guy. I mean, that dude's like 6'4, 6'5, 294. I don't even know what his weight's less than that. But he can get those hands up knock a few passes down, just any sort of playmaking. I think Kentucky just needs uh, to make some plays on defense, have a couple big sacks, knock a pass down, uh, get a little juice in Kroger Field and get that, get that place rocking. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're going to have to get their hands up to knock those little crossing routes down. Um, Kentucky's going to have to communicate due to the tempo and due to the trick plays and due to the fact that Ole Miss – wants to go fast and and and, and you got to communicate especially in the secondary uh you know with, with a with a with a strange formation or a unique formation uh, a bunch set any kind of motions like that Kentucky's going to have to communicate use of Corker is going to have to be the quarterback of that secondary um, because Ole Miss wants to throw the football to the middle of the field several of Corral's uh, chunk plays were, were deep digs and post routes and that's where Elijah Moore comes in. He, he was very effective over the middle against Florida. So was the tight end, uh, Yaboa. So Kentucky's going to have to be sound defensively through communication and defend the middle of the field because that's where Ole Miss wants to, talk, wants to attack. Um, this is going to sound strange, but Kentucky's got to stop the run. Uh, Ole Miss threw for 443 uh, against Florida, but, but it also rushed for 170. Uh, running back Jerry on Ely rushed 16 times for 79 yards, and he extended drives by those quick hitting run plays. And again, we talked about Matt Corral, uh, you know, rushing for 81 yards. So Kentucky's going to stop the run. I know everybody's looking at the pass, but the way Ole Miss moved the change on several occasions against Florida was those quick hitters uh, by, by Jerry on Ely, the running back, and then Matt Corral getting outside the pocket. So. Uh, I know it's I know it sounds strange, but but that's going to be a very very key recipe for success for the Cats is to stop the run. Yeah, and they that, that was what the defense did exceptionally well, Freddie. Um, aside from a few chunk plays early on, where again I think it, I think it was rust a little bit where they were in position but just didn't make the play. Um, I, I really thought Kentucky was sound in that run defense and. They got to do the same on Saturday. They, they, I mean, Auburn only had 91 yards. I think the majority of them were in that first quarter. They really didn't run the ball well. So uh, I, I'm, I'm at least optimistic about that. But to go back to your other point, like you can be sound in your run keys, but it only takes one play to get loose. And I, I think it's yeah. funny that Kiffin does the, the two quarterback thing because it's almost like, when you're playing in intramurals flag football and you've got that one team who's got like all their plays on their wristbands and they do the two quarterback system where they're throwing it back and forth. <laughs> I, I feel like Lane Kiffin's just like going to the flag football fields and, and doing some scouting yeah. to, get, to get ready. Well, he's, he's playing with house money. He's got nothing to lose this year. Right. And everybody's already, everybody's written this off as a rebuilding year, getting the recruiting for next year and just do the best you can. And, and he's, you know, they're going to go for it on fourth down. Expect that. Uh, fourth down conversion rate is, is, is another key for the Kentucky defense. 
Uh, and another, well, we talked about it, but you have to know where Elijah Moore is at all times. I mean, he 10 catches, 227 yards. The nickel and dime position for Kentucky is going to be just absolutely vital on Saturday uh, because they're going to have to get their hands on him. You know, don't let him get that free release to the middle of the field, uh, especially if Kentucky's in a cover two, cover four or five, you know, where you got the safeties on the hashes. That, that, yeah, Elijah Moore, that's where he lives at, is behind the linebackers in front of the safeties. So uh, the, the nickel and dime players for Kentucky are going to have to be very active if, if the Cats are going to go one and one. So uh, we talked about it. Lane Kiffin is, is an excellent play caller. Mm-hmm. He's going to try to attack this Kentucky defense every way imaginable. Uh, but a big way to, to stop that again is, is force a turnover to and steal some possessions back uh, from Ole Miss. So let's go to the offensive side of the ball, Nick. Okay, let's do it. Um, Kentucky needs to rush for over 200 yards. I mean, simple as that, at least 200 yards. Lean, lean in behind that offensive line. And, again, what this does, and this is a reoccurring theme, for uh, a team playing Ole Miss is by by having long uh, offense, offensive possessions, you control the clock and you limit off Ole Miss's offensive possessions. So, I mean, again, we're going back to it. you got to limit the number of times that Matt Corral has the football and, and, and Elijah Moore is on the field. Uh, more chunk plays. I mean, everybody's talking about it. Uh, Kentucky's got to win some one-on-one battles and, and get some deep shots, uh, complete some deep shots for Ole Miss to honor the passing game and, and keep them from sneaking up and putting eight, nine, ten defenders in the box. Yeah, and Freddie, I think a lot of the the reason why Kentucky only had a buck thirty on the ground or whatever it was. Someone might say they abandoned it when they got behind. I don't think that was necessarily the case, but a lot of times uh, this is probably more evident of just Auburn's linebackers being good. The the initial hole was there, and Kentucky couldn't break past that second level. There was one play yeah. with Chris Rodriguez. I mean, had a huge hole to run through. But, I mean, as soon as he got six yards down the field, I mean, the tackle was there. He couldn't shake yeah. that tackler. Uh, same yeah. with A.J. Rose where the – the holes were there. They just didn't take them to that, you know, 30, 40, and they're gone. Aside yeah. from that smoke touchdown. And the good news is, Freddie, is Ole Miss doesn't have linebackers like Owen Peppo and K.J. Brett. No, they don't. And, and their three inside linebackers uh going to be a little bit different because you have two that are 5'11", one at six foot. So they're not uh, – don't have the length that the Auburn linebackers had. Other than they do have an outside linebacker. That's uh, 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 the Buck linebacker, Tavius Robinson, is 6'7", 245 pounds. Whew. So, yeah. Big old boy. Yeah, he is. Uh, but chunk plays. Uh, going back to Robinson and Tisdale, uh, uh, the defensive end, Tisdale, and the Buck linebacker, Robinson, is Tisdale 6'5", Robinson is 6'7". So Terry's going to have to be careful on the screen passes or they're going to get knocked down. So uh, especially with that length coming off the edge for Ole Miss, uh, that's going to be a key. And then also with the, with, with the slant routes, you know, if they don't get significant pass rush, they'll just put their arms up. And there's, that, that causes a, a window issue for the quarterback completing the pass to the wide receiver. 
Um, My question so, for you, Freddie, real quick about the slant routes. Uh, yeah. Because there was the, the fourth down, Kentucky just – they audibled at the line of scrimmage and just had everybody running slants. Terry threw it to the inside guy. The outside guy was more open. Now, you know, obviously those windows closed pretty quickly. So, like, he might have been open when he threw it. But how do you choose when you're the quarterback between, like, which slant you're going to throw if it's a bunch of slants? Um, I always chose by the under underneath coverage. So, uh, if the inside receiver, slot receiver runs a slant and the exit outside receiver both run slants, I always uh, threw the football to who did not have an immediate defender in their face. So, that, that, that's how I chose. Yeah, whoever was playing six, seven yards off instead of like bump or something like that. Yeah, and whoever didn't have a linebacker that was the closest to them, that could stop that. They could just lower know. their shoulder and take their head off. <laughs> yeah, because your receivers aren't very nice when they come back to the huddle if you hang them out on a slant route. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Terry Wilson needs to complete 65% of his passes. He did 64 against Auburn. Uh, Kyle Trask, who looked excellent against Ole Miss, uh, completed 68% of his passes for 446 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, so the passing game should be there for Kentucky on, on Saturday. Uh, Ole Miss, you know, uh, was deficient in how it played the pass against uh, Florida, but, but you're also looking, you know, Florida's got some, Got some pass catchers now. I mean, they're they're pretty dang, they're they're pretty daggone good. Yeah. So, but Kentucky can exploit uh, the secondary for Ole Miss, and, and I think we're going to see some more uh, separation from the receivers uh, and get some shots downfield. That's what Kentucky's got to do. Yeah, and Auburn plays Georgia this week. I think we're going to find out that you know going into the season, we were looking a lot of the uh, of the unknowns as the team playing them we were like well they could be bad but i, I think we're going to find out that it's quite the opposite <laughs> yeah absolutely because um, man georgia they looked rough uh, against arkansas now i know they had all those weird quarterback issues but yeah. like arkansas had them on their heels yeah yeah they did that, that surprised me uh an interesting stat uh i know a lot of people are stat people um Florida averaged 9.9 yards per pass attempt, not completion. <laughs> so that's getting that's getting some chunk plays down the field. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's a that's a very good number from Florida. Um, no turnovers. I mean again, those three turnovers for Kentucky were just yeah uh, just awful. Uh, you know it really affected the game, the game's outcome. So um, turnovers are awful. They're offensive offense's worst uh, enemy. So Kentucky has to play clean on offense and, and can't uh, – and has to win the turnover battle against Ole Miss on Saturday. Freddie, I was – I think there's only one game I can recall where there were just – the team was playing up to the level of the competition, if not better, but just kept shooting themselves in the foot. And it was that 2016 game against Tennessee where – uh, Steven Johnson dove into the end zone for that game winning touchdown with about a minute to go. And I think Kentucky had four turnovers in that game of one. And that's yeah. like, that never happens. And, no. And like, you might as well have had four turnovers with that fake punt that went wrong. Like, that, right. you count that as four. So, like, you can't, I mean, you just, it's just, 
like they're, 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 you can't win that way. You just you just no. can't. And uh, I mean, one of them is, you could. It's just you can't really. I, I don't know what you do other than just beat it in their head every day and take a few extra yeah. laps after practice because it's, I mean, it's really yeah. comes down to mental mistakes and kind of just a lapse when. Uh, you're playing well, and you got to be focused 100 percent of the time, not just 90 percent of the time. Absolutely. I mean, turnovers again. I'm gonna say it for the third time. Uh, turnovers will increase the Ole Miss offense's possessions. It'll give them another possession. And 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 Ole Miss had 29 first downs against Florida. Uh, that that's pretty good against against a a Florida defense. So. Can't give the ball back to them. Give and, and add a, an extra possession to what uh, what they have for the game. So uh, that, that's that's pretty important uh, for the cats to do. Seventy Kentucky needs to have a seventy five percent touchdown ratio in the red zone. Uh, you know you got to get seven points there, Nick. You can't come out with a field goal or no points when you get inside the twenty. That that's just that that's just you know that's how you win football games. That's how you lose football games is, uh, is, is scoring touchdowns in a red zone. Florida uh, had six touchdowns out of eight trips to the red zone. So uh, it had a pretty good ratio against Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 I mean, I, this is where, like, you can, I think, lean on that big blue wall too. Uh, yeah. They made some big plays early on uh, against Auburn. Some, I mean – Luke Fortner destroyed that guy. Drake Jackson absolutely just molly whopped somebody. I think yeah. we're get a lot more of those this week. Yeah, I, I was wrong. Florida was four for six in the red zone with four being touchdowns and kicked uh, a couple field goals. Uh, Kentucky's got to shorten the game, and what that does, what that means is the offense can help the defense and limit possessions. That's the fourth time I've said it for the Ole Miss offense by having sustained long offensive possessions or, as I like to call it, live in the slot. And the method in doing that, and one of the the, the Twitter questions was staying on schedule. To stay on schedule, you have to have solid or efficient – you have to be efficient on first downs. And staying on schedule is a key to executing long drives for an offense that's built like Kentucky. So, uh, shorten the game, run the clock, uh, uh, run the football, stay on schedule, complete 64% of your passes, uh, and that, that's how Kentucky beats Ole Miss. And, and the final point that I have for the Kentucky offense is it can't beat itself. Drive stalling penalties and turnovers, it can't have that. Uh, Kentucky or the Wildcats have to need offense, needs to clean up its self-inflicted errors and, and get that cleaned up before Saturday. Yeah, and Freddie – I expected some mistakes, you know. I mean, it's just – it's part of football. Like, you, you know, I mean, not even Alabama is playing perfectly. But you can you can maybe afford, you know, three or four, but you can't have eight, nine, ten like they did last week. And they all seem to happen at the worst possible moments. Uh, yeah. So, like, I, we might be beating a drum that you can beat almost any week, but the way that the Auburn game – unfolded uh it's it really isn't frustrating just how much good the those plays took away from what kentucky was able to do offensively you know eddie grant had a pretty good game plan um and 
you know, when you, you make those mistakes in the big moments instead of the big plays, like that, that was the story of the game because Kentucky got Auburn in some third downs and Auburn went up and scored touchdowns on them and right. Kentucky fumbled, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be the little things in this game, you know. And we've talked about some big things, but the little things, uh, like, you know, again, with a screen game, uh, you know, I, could, I, I would expect some pressure from Ole Miss and how you can counter that is by the screen game. But Tisdale and Anderson, uh, Anderson's defensive tackle is six foot six. Talked about Tisdale at six five and Robinson at six seven. They're going to get their hands up. So, uh, you know, little things like that, like, like throwing through the window uh, in a screen game and not letting the defensive line get their hands on it. A lot of little things in this game is going to add up to big things to the final score. Uh, special teams got to be sound and got to be sound. Simple as that. And, you know, you can't have the two-point uh, situation like the two-point play or, or the botched uh, fake punt. And, and, it's, and a number that, that I'm looking at also that Kentucky's got to get better at is, uh, is the Cats allowed 32 yards per kickoff return. So Chance Poor's got to drive it through the end zone or get some more uh, loft on the ball and get some more hang time to let his coverage team get down and make the play. I uh... – I'm with you, Freddie. I'm with you. And, you know, I, I would like a few big hits. This is the first time, you know, you know it's only going to be 12,000 fans. But just to, to get a little juice uh, in, in the crowd, have you know, lower the shoulder, just something just to get everybody fired up. Because I think when you talk about creating havoc plays, it really is a snowball effect. Once you have one, it turns into two and three pretty quickly. Right. You know, Kentucky's defense has to has to increase its havoc plays against Ole Miss. Again, you know, my my number was three quarterback sacks. We with quarterback sacks, you're going to have to have uh, a higher number of tackles for loss as well, uh, and then an interception, anything like that that can flip the possession arrow from Ole Miss to Kentucky. Uh, the Wildcats are going to have to have on the defensive side of the football um, because, I mean, I've harped on it this whole podcast is a big part of, of what Kentucky's got to do is limit the Ole Miss offensive possessions. Has to do that because, you know, the, the Rebels rolled up 613 yards against the Todd Grantham defense and the Gators. Now, uh, a, lot of, a lot of yards came after the, after the game was already settled, but still – Florida's intent is not to give up yards on defense. So you have to give credit where credit is due. And that Ole Miss offense was just fantastic against Florida, put up 35 points. Yeah. Get after it. So, get after <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, I, I, I think pass rushing, too, it really is a, uh, a feel kind of thing that, that – can you can chalk some up to rush, especially when you're not blitzing a lot. Like that's never been Mark Stoops' MO to just it's not throw right. anthem, you know, where we're gonna zone blitz you to death. Uh so uh, you know, they've shook a little rust off, but as Stoops said, now it's time to be critical. This is the game to put the bad in the past and, and move forward. Uh because if not, like this schedule isn't getting any more forgiving. No, it's not, you know, and then you know, he's facing a quarterback that, that's going to be filled with confidence and Matt Corral coming in here. 
You know, he again, he reminds me of Baker Mayfield, the Oklahoma version of ba- Baker Mayfield, not the Cleveland version. Um, you know, he's got tremendous arm talent. He was he was a, a highly recruited uh, quarterback, a, uh, an All American, and uh, he's he's proven he proved it against Florida. So to have two of them with with Plumlee back there, it's going to create some some uh, uh, some issues where communication is going to have to happen. Uh, Yusuf Corker is going to is going to need to play a, a big game on Saturday. A lot's going to lie on his shoulders. Man, and, and maybe we see some more Devontae Robinson. I I can't believe he's never had an interception. He said he's still looking to get his first career pick. I was shocked to hear that. Who's that? Yusuf Corker. He had one against Vanderbilt, didn't he, last year? I thought he had one, but he said the other. Maybe he was talking about his first pick at Kroger Field. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. that's what it was because I thought he had one. Uh, okay, yeah. Just get him, get him there. Get yeah, him. and you're going to Go you're going to see a lot of a defensive back, a lot more defensive backs are going to play. Uh, this Saturday against Ole Miss because Kentucky will go heavy on its nickel and dime package. So you could see a video, Vito Tisdale and some other players mm-hmm. uh, getting getting into the game because you're going to have to have a bunch of DBs if Ole Miss is going to spread you out like that. So uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting, Nick Roush. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just I'm, – I'm hoping that uh, folks don't get – too discouraged if if there are a few big plays given up because that's that's kind of old Mrs. Mo. Yeah, chunk plays, chunk plays. You know, again, uh, it, it sounded probably sounded a little bit weird when I said stop the run, but you got to stop the run. Old Miss averaged six point eight yards per carry, so that's 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 pretty good. And that's what you're looking for compared to Kentucky, averaged three point six against Auburn to give you a, a comparison. So. And almost doubles uh, the yards per carry. So uh, it's going to be a, a fun afternoon at Kroger Field. Are you going to the game, Nick? I will not be there this week. I will be there next week. Um, but Jack Pilgrim and Adam Luckett will be repping for KSR. Uh, Good. Yeah, I know it's it's, it's going to be uh, it's going to be weird up in that press box too. So I'm yeah. actually probably. Like, I'm kind of happy that I get to, like, scream at the TV from home. But I, I did learn the hard way that my son does not like it when I scream. <laughs> I'd say not. <laughs> say not. KSR is going west uh, from Lexington on Friday night for the Kroger-KSR game of the week is South Warren at Bowling Greens. Uh, two top ten teams, a huge rivalry. Uh, it's going to be unique because normally the, the, the place will be packed – but due to COVID, there, there, there are strict limitations as it should be. So it's going to should be another good game for our uh, Kroger KSR game of the week. Yeah, I'm interested how this Bell Camp kid can can sling it. Um, yeah, because he's put up some some gaudy numbers. He got hurt last year and probably came back before he was ready to go in the playoffs and uh, didn't have his best performance. And I believe it was against Bowling Green that they lost to in the playoffs. Or am I? Uh, no, it was somebody else. But nevertheless, uh, they, they 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 fell to a good team. So I'm 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 interested. And also, Dingle Dingle's a kid who is highly touted recruit, but he's just you know he's not one of those that's out there, uh, you know, respecting my decision and all over social media and all that. So yeah. when you don't play the game, you know, you don't get talked about as much. Um, but I I'm just wondering what what kind of game he brings to the table because he's a heck of an athlete. 
brothers at Georgia Tech, who's also a great athlete. So it uh, should be a good night down in the BG. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, well, thank you for submitting questions. I hope, uh, hope we answered them sufficiently for you. We're going to do that every week. That's going to be kind of how we recap the, the, the prior week's game is just answering your questions because, you know, by Thursday, it's been broken down and dissected as much as you possibly can. And I don't want to just regurgitate what everybody else has said or what we've written about. So I hope that was a new segment. Nick Roush, I appreciate you, buddy. I hope you have a good day, and we'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you then. Go Cats. Go Cats.